Not anymore. Yes, I was a broken woman. Yes, I didn't love me. Yes, I decided to settle for what wasn't best for me. Yes, I was in a toxic relationship. Guess what? Not anymore. I have grown from the broken pieces. I have learned to love me when no one else loved me. I have learned that I will never settle for in my life or my peaceful atmosphere. I have learned the difference between love, lust of a good relationship. Yes, I wasn't perfect, but I learned to work on my mind, my body, and my soul connections. Yes, I have allowed the wrong spiritual around me. Now, I've learned about the not allowing the negative energy around me. Yes, I've been down the road of destruction. Now I've learned how to not move by emotion, but by the spirit of my faith and purpose. Not anymore, my fears will not keep me from being a better version of me. Not anymore, my toxicness will stop me from loving myself or trusting others in my peaceful place. Not anymore, my lack of post-trauma is going to stop me from my future growth. Yes, not anymore. I know I'm powerful. I know I'm overcoming. I know I'm a positive, I know I'm loved, and yes, not anymore, I'm dope, dedicated to other people, empowerment, I love my dopeness and so should you. Hello, hello, everyone. I am your host, Sheena Gadine, and this is Power in Your Voice. Welcome, 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 Miss Melody Johnson. How are you doing, Miss Lady? I am well. Hello, my sister. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. I can't complain. It's a little rainy here in New York, but you know, we make we make the best out of it, regardless yeah. of what it is. So can you tell the people who is Melody Johnson? Yes, um, and this this is always the hardest part of the interview for me. <laughs> um, my name is Melanie Johnson. I am an educator. Um, I'm a author, poet, publisher, um, mentor, motivational speaker, um, and just about anything else somebody needs. Um, I enjoy helping people. That's my goal in life is to make sure that I do something that will enhance somebody else's life to make them better after they've met me than before. That is totally awesome. So tell the people where you are right now. I am in Laurel, Mississippi. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if anybody ever heard of it, but it's in South Mississippi. And right now we have some beautiful weather, but um, it's not raining. So I get get to enjoy a little bit of sunshine. It gets hot in Mississippi. So I try to stay inside as much as possible. (laughs) Well, I ain't never beaten, been to Mississippi. One day I have, might have to make that travel. Now, how long now have you, was you born and raised in Mississippi or is this just where you reside at now? Born and raised in uh, Carthage, Mississippi, which is okay. smack dab in the middle gotcha. of Mississippi. And uh, I've only lived outside of Mississippi for about four years and I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. And I thought when I moved there, I was like, ooh, I'm going to the city. Got there and, thought about, and found out that's still country. <laughs> 
Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. So take us into how did you get started into being an author? Wow. Um, I got started being an author because there was a need for me to find some method of healing from a life that I had, I was living. I had gotten married at the age of 20 and I thought that that was the best thing, the best decision in my life. And I worked really hard to make sure that um, I was the best wife. And I ended up being in a domestic abuse situation uh, for 18 of the 23 years that I was married. And I saw that it wasn't getting any better. I finally had to get out, but being in there for that long broke me as a woman, as an individual. And um, I, I, I didn't I, I didn't even want to live. I had tried to commit suicide twice and God kept me here for a reason. I never knew what the reason was. I was like, God, why? Why me? Why am I here? And I um, I found a great mentor who was able to help me to process the things that had happened in my life and why God still had me here. And one of the things that he had me to do was to start journaling. And I just started writing because I had journaled before, but during that time I was married and my, um, my husband found my journal and condemned me for it. Oh, wow. And I th th got rid of it. And I, to keep from having that kind of trauma in my life, I just never wrote again. So even journaling was something that was hard for me to begin to do, but I started. And once I started journaling and letting my, my feelings out on paper, and I shared uh, some of those with him, his response was, somebody else needs to hear this. This can help someone else heal. So my journal actually became my book entitled Womanly Wisdom, mm. what they couldn't tell me. And um, this was my first publication. And... Um, I can remember writing each chapter. Each chapter was therapeutic, but painful. Mm. It was like giving birth. And I knew that I was finished with a chapter because I woke up crying. Mm. I would write until I could pass out. And once I woke up crying, I knew that was the end of that chapter. I've processed that and I need to move on. And as much therapy as my book was for me, I was able to receive feedback from some of the people who had purchased my book and had related to it or learned something from it. And they thanked me for sharing my story. But, and that was, that was confirmation for me that, hey, this wasn't just for me to go through. This, this healing is for someone else as well. Absolutely. How did you come up with your title? Well... I don't think I've ever shared this story with anybody other than uh, my mentor. Um, as a young girl, I can remember going to Sunday school and they, um, my Sunday school teacher taught me about Solomon and how he asked God for wisdom and God granted him the wisdom. And I can remember going home that day from Sunday school. I couldn't wait till I got home. And I was at the age where I thought when you pray, you had to get down on your knees beside the mm -hmm. bed and pray. So I couldn't wait to get in the room 
get on my knees and pray. And I, I remember what I said to God. I said, God, can you give me wisdom like what Solomon had? That's my level of thinking. And that's what I said to right. him. And when I got up, I felt regular. I was like, I don't know if it worked, but I tried it. But the things that were revealed to me in this book, because it's entitled Womanly Wisdom, What They Couldn't Tell Me. The things that were revealed to me didn't come from people. Mm-hmm. It came from God. Right. And I remember that wisdom that I asked him for. So when I got ready to title my book, I was like, what can I title this? And I said, this is that wisdom. It, I named it womanly wisdom because it's coming from me, a woman. Right. But it's what they couldn't tell me. I had to go through it. I had to experience it. God had to show it to me. And that's how the title got it. The book got its title. Now, with this, this very first book, being that you were coming out of a domestic violence situation and things like that, what do you feel was the hardest chapter to write in that book? Um, the first one. Why? The first chapter. Um, the first chapter is entitled, um, Do I Know You? Mm. And... At that time, I didn't know me. So people reading it would think that I was saying, uh, okay, do you, the reader, know me? But no, I was speaking of myself. I didn't know myself. I was I had to learn me all over again because in my marriage, I could not have a voice about who I am or who I should be. Mm. I was used to being what everybody else needed me to be, including him. So at this point in time, I can remember because I was never allowed to drive by myself. Mm. Okay. And um, I always, if, if I drove somewhere, um, it was short distance, but most of the time he was in the driver's seat and I was in the passenger seat. And I can remember one day I decided to take myself to the movie. And when I left the movie, I got in the car on the passenger seat. And I looked around and there was nobody in the driver's seat. There was nobody driving. And I realized at that point, um, okay, this is it. Right. You don't have to, you not you don't have to wait for somebody to allow you to go anywhere. You don't have to wait for somebody to take you somewhere. You don't have to be restricted by where you want to go. And I sat in that parking lot and I cried for about 15 minutes, just realizing I got to get to know this woman who has been with me all my life, but has never got the opportunity to actually live. Mm. So that first chapter is describing me to me. That is definitely deep. And a lot of times we are lost and we forget who we are, especially Mm -hmm. going through that type of traumatizing and just drastic things that we deal with. Um, Tammy said, amen. Great story about the about the title. Thank you, Tammy. That's sister. (laughs) Yes. CT. Um. Who was that? That was Tammy also. No, hold on. He on here too. (laughs) But um, Tammy said, yes, very deep. CT says, 
<laughs> it said, love you both. Sending me the <laughs> kinks to watch later, please. So <laughs> he meant links. Uh -huh. So make sure you make sure you send him the link so he can watch it later. I but, but absolutely. Um, you know, the question of finding yourself, how do you how long did you feel that it took you to because I'm sure we're still finding ourselves, but uh, I say to begin finding the journey of who you are. How long do you think it took you to start figuring that out? Well, I cheated. <laughs> I couldn't do it by myself. Right. Um, I left him July 1st of 2017. And I knew nobody. I knew I did not know who I was. I didn't want people to see me because I didn't know what they would see. Right. All in my head, all I could think about was they're going to be saying things about me. And my husband was a pastor. So I was thinking that they would be putting down on me because the pastor's wife left the pastor and that type of a negative connotation. So I just didn't want to be around people. So as I tried to journey into the world again on my own, I found it easier just to retreat in my retreat to my parents' house. And that's where I stayed. But um, in October, I think it was, of 2017, that's when I was um, introduced to my mentor. It was actually a couple. And I was hesitant at first about talking because I had known them, but they didn't know me in that arena. And I was like, they're going to think bad of me. Um, I just didn't feel like I had a, a right to tell anybody how I was feeling because I felt like I was going to be condemned. But as we talked um, and as they continued to mentor me, I started, it started my healing process. And so from July to about November, I was completely lost. So I actually cheated and I got help and it's, at my help helped me to start but I think if I didn't have that help if I didn't have somebody in my corner to try to push me on um I could possibly still be lost now because I had no direction right I had been in that situation for 23 years mm. so I did not know who I was and I I don't think that me navigating it by myself would have been a um, fruitful situation. Absolutely. And I commend you for taking the initiative to one, get out, especially after being in for 23 years and two, to finding your purpose and understanding, you know, the strength of your purpose and understanding that the story is bigger than you. And for also finding, you know, finding yourself mm -hmm. and learning who you are as Melanie Johnson. Mm -hmm. So, We've 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 got the first book. So let's talk about the second book. How did the second book come about from the first book? Well, the second book is actually a journal. Okay. And it is entitled Broken Mirror Still Reflect. Mm. And um, I took the picture from my first book mm -hmm. and I created this broken mirror reflection because this book is actually uh, the journal accompanies this one and it helps my readers to be able to look at situations that I have um, addressed in the book and actually start their, their healing process, their journaling process. Um, one of the, one of the 
main things about this book that I love uh, is the title, Broken Mirrors Still right. Reflect. And that is actually the opening poem that I have in my book. I and think you, you don't should mind. read it. Yes, I think say, you, you should know, read that. I love this one. Shattered images, sharp edges, fragmented pieces of disconnect. Although it seems worthless, useless, wasteful rubbish, we yet find that broken mirrors still reflect. I may not focus on the whole picture and therefore not getting the full effect, but what I can see are images of me reminding me that broken mirrors still reflect. Focusing on one piece over another, each detail trying to inspect will only leave me wondering, my own self-image I'm blundering to see just what broken mirrors will reflect. Reflection is a reactive feat, only responding to the image or subject. But what if I don't like or don't think I look like the image the broken mirror reflects? Because the reflection is broken, it doesn't mean I'm a wreck. Different angles it shows of a woman who grows from ashes no one would disclose and turmoil she never chose to finally expose what she supposes that everyone should know. And that is, no matter what, you should glow knowing that broken mirrors still reflect. Thank you. Girl, listen. <laughs> You opened you opened the, the, the book just with fire all the way at the beginning. Yeah. I, I love it. I love the title. I love the you know the strength in the deliverance. Like it it tells you like you know, it's just like broken crayons, they still color. Yes. So basically, just because your mirror seems broken, you still reflect a beautiful person. You just right. have to know how to mend through it and be able to make it work and fix it through the mess of the brokenness. Yes, you can't so, just you can't focus on just one piece of the broken right. mirror. Look at the whole right. thing. It reminded right. me of when I saw your book the, the um, unveil the pieces of a broken the, mess. Yeah, unveiling the pieces of the broken mass and the image that I saw of that broken mass reminded me of that broken mirror. Right. We do have to break those masks that we that we have, but sometimes when we take that mask off, mm -hmm. what we see is still broken. Right, and we have to be ready to to heal to heal that. Yeah, this um, this journal is unique. It's not just a journal that you write in. I have um, I have themes from the book. I have poems that met, that I wrote to match those themes, mm, okay. and then I have my experience with that particular theme. And then I leave several pages for the reader to write because I feel like the way you felt today may not be the way you feel tomorrow or two years from now. So this book, this journal is, is interactive in the fact that you can go back and say, you know what, that's how I felt on this day. But now I feel a little differently or I can attest to what I said and this is why. So I give the reader enough room to go back and analyze what they thought before. How is it different? How is it the same? And I, I love my journal. I just, I, I use it 
and mm-hmm. it helps me to reflect on some things. Right. I love it. I love how it coordinates with your first book, which then has people interact because that's kind of how my second book is too. Mm-hmm. It's poetry, but it also gives you questions and, you know, space to write. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, basically the broken mirror and broken mess all relates in at the same time, we have to learn to love all our imperfections despite of what we're dealing with. So what strength do you feel you have overcame in like the last, between the last two books? Uh, One of the things that um, I dealt with was a um, unhealthy self-image. I could not see myself as other people saw me. And I was often told, you got it going on. Uh, You're a single woman and you don't have any kids and you can go anywhere, do anything. That's what people saw. But what I saw was I'm a single woman. That means I'm by myself. I'm alone. Nobody wants me. I don't have any kids. And that was depressing to me because that's the one thing I wanted the most is getting having kids because I love them. Right. So the things that they saw as positive, I saw those things as negative things. And um, I had to get over that. I had to see myself in a way that if I wasn't me and I saw me in the street, what would I think about me? Right. And I had to start healing my own um, vision of myself, how I yeah. saw myself, because it came to me one day. Well, it didn't come to me. God gave it to me. Um, he said, how can you expect someone else to think of, think something of you if you don't think something of yourself? Absolutely. So I got to first love me in order mm-hmm. for somebody else to love me. Absolutely. Now, if you had to choose two people who inspired you during this process of going through your purpose and, you know, just finding you and understanding the love for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, can it be groups of people? <laughs> yeah, it can be groups of people that that um, we'll, we'll take groups of people. My parents, they were instrumental and uh, my mentors. Both of them worked in, in fact, they worked together to help me to get to where I needed to be. Right. And you definitely have to have that tribe and that balance because yes. a lot of times, like you said, as we see ourselves, other people, you know, people see us and we don't see ourselves the same. So to someone out there that is trying to pick up the broken pieces and mm-hmm. be, you know, inspired and be self-loved and learn their self-worth what message could you give to them out there today to help them? Um, Start focusing on the positive aspects of yourself. Start seeing yourself in a positive light. Take it one step at a time. I liked nothing about me. Um, I didn't like, uh, I'm sorry, my computer was about to go dead. Um, I didn't like my image. I didn't like the way I talked. I didn't like anything about me in the beginning, but I had to start with, okay, what's one thing that I can say positive about myself? And the first thing I thought about was I smile a lot. So I started working around my smile. I like my smile. So 
that's the first thing that 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 I would tell people to do is to start small. Find something positive about you that you can relate to or that you can build upon. And from that, then start incorporating those things that you find positive and using them to build someone else up because it's not about us. It's about, it's, it's about all of us. So when I smile, I would try to encourage someone else to smile. And if I saw them smiling, I told them how beautiful their smile was. And then guess what? They're going to continue to smile. It's just going to keep growing. If I told someone else to think positive of themselves, then the, I, I would make sure that they took that and, and invested it in someone else because what we say and what we do are investments. And if we don't put forth um, the right investment in ourselves, it's, the return is not going to be as great when we try to give, give what we have to someone else. So invest in yourself first and then watch that investment grow. Y'all heard it first, invest in yourself first and then watch the investment grow. So take the affirmations, take the positive quotes, take the scripture, take whatever music, whatever can make you feel happy and smile, take it and use it is basically Mm -hmm. what she's telling you. Get her book as well and use that too. (laughs) And that's one of the things that got me to my third one, my third book with uh, the flavor of melanin, because this was my poetry book. I didn't know I could write poetry until after I did the second one. Okay. Um, so I've, I'm like a new poet with a year and a half old, probably. And um, I would have think you've been doing it all your life. No, no. Um, and um, this book actually has poems in it that represent all the different flavors of me. Mm. It has some that address social justice issues. It has some uh, poems in there that address um, domestic abuse. Um, you bring it over here. I'm sorry, I got to plug up. No, you're um, fine. Uh, domestic abuse. It has some that address. Um, no, just not mine. Um, it has some in there that address love, uh, spirituality, um, education. Everything. Everything. Yeah. And and how can they find all your books now? You have. Now, tell them all the books. Now, your first book was called. Womanly Wisdom. Womanly Wisdom. Then we had the journal. The Broken Mirror Still Reflects. The Broken Mirror Still Reflects. So now we have the Flavors of Melody. Flavoring, flavors of Melanin. Of and melody. this one is entitled Poetic Professions of Essence. And now this is, one has my signature uh, point. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, question. Uh-huh. Is there going to be another poetry book after this since we're into poetry now? Uh, there is. I actually, um, my publishing company, Buster Word Publishing, yes. which was um, named after my most precious dog, Buster, who saved my life. Um, I, um, in, with my publishing company, I'm actually getting ready to publish two poetry mm. books. One, uh, both of them are for Father's Day. One is from a lot of my friends and my most gracious friend, Shana <laughs> is in there. And um, and people from all over the world 
Right. Because um, I have a poem in, a poet in there from Nigeria. And these are poems that represent their fathers and what they feel about their fathers or their father figures or the lack of having a father figure in their life. And those that that book is from the adult poets that I have in my life. And then um, I had a special project at my school that some of my um, language arts teachers decided to let their students write about their fathers. Mm. And they came up with some phenomenal poems. It is unorthodox. But to see the mindset of these students, it was amazing. So that one is about to be published as well. The first one is entitled, Not Everyone, Not Just Anyone Can Be Dad. Mm. The second one is entitled, Exceptional Dad. And both of those are going to be released the week of Father's Day. That's in uh, a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's on the the 19th. The 19th. Yep. And starting on um, starting that Wednesday before the 19th, they're going to be available for free download. They're ebooks only and they'll be available for free download um, through Amazon. And after that, um, the proceeds are going to the Domestic uh, Abuse Center here in Laurel. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then um, the last. But you asked me something. Oh, there is another book coming out, though. I just haven't written it yet. It's not a poetry book. It's, it's a follow okay. up to Womanly Wisdom, and it's in, it's going to be. So it's about, Womanly Wisdom Part Two. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be about what they couldn't do for me. This one was mm. about what they couldn't tell me. The next now one's that... going to be about what they couldn't do for me. Mm. Okay, I can't wait. Listen, you about to have. I'm about to have the whole collection up in here. Look, I'm gonna be like, Melody, girl, what is you doing over there? Listen, but down there in the still, right down there in Mississippi. But how did you get into becoming a published, having a publishing company too, as well? Because you know you have people that are authors, but they don't have a publishing company. So, could you give them any advice on how to take their brand to the next level? Um. Well, I was kind of pushed into it because <laughs> my great publisher, CT, uh, published my first book and I was instrumental in working with him when, when we were publishing it. And afterwards, um, one of my friends, he did a post and one of my friends commented on it and he said, yes, I'm going to miss her. And I was like, huh? I ain't going nowhere. He said, oh, no. Uh, I'm, you got to get, get your own because you already know how to do things. And I'm like, what? But going through the process of publishing the book, it was very helpful for me to be able to publish my own and help mm-hmm. someone else because my niche uh, audience is, uh, my, or my niche uh, writing is healing. Though The type of writing that helps people heal, um, talks about their struggle, and I want to help other people to be able to get that, to do that. So I, um, I want to use my, my company to help people be able to get their words out. But I'm, I mean, I know this probably sounds crazy, but I want them to be able to be strong enough to publish their own. That don't sound crazy. It makes sense. I want, I want, I try to help people learn how to do things. I'm a teacher. So right. it's just natural for me to be able to teach them. I want them involved in every part of the process so that they can feel like, okay, I did this. Not right. somebody did this for me. 
Right. They can get the understanding that it's a process through this journey of being a, a book author and a brand. Because once you write the book, there's a business behind it, too. Yes. So, you know, because some people it's, get the book put it in the shelf and say, oh, OK, people will buy it. But it's a mm-hmm. whole lot more to that. You market it and yeah. promotions. And right. it's just it's a lot of things that go along with it. That's the behind the scenes that people don't Absolutely. really think about. But. And it's not it's not like you're gonna just sit there and say, Okay, I got your book and two right. days later it's published. It's right. a process. And yes. after the book is released, there's still parts of the process that need to be done. So I just wanna make sure that people have the best um sense of who they are portrayed to everybody else, putting in their best light. I love it. I love it. So Melody, can you tell people how to connect with you? Tell them how to find you. Give them all your social medias. How to look? Tell them how to run down on you in these streets, in these author streets. <laughs> well, if you're in the silk, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Facebook, Melanie Johnson. On Instagram, Melanie Johnson speaks. Um, I also have a, a Linktree account, Linktree slash Melanie Johnson. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Is Melanie Johnson. It's just, just look me up. I'm Googleable. <laughs> that part. Correct. Yes. 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 But if you look me up on Linktree, all my, um, all my, um, links will be there as well. I'm getting ready to launch my YouTube channel, channel, and um, my website for my publishing company. So all of that is working. Uh, it's in the works right now. And tell them how to find all your books as well. All of my books are available on Amazon.com. Um, once I launch my website and you guys just just follow me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, because I promise you, you'll, you'll find out where to get. Um, my first book, Womanly Wisdom, is also available on BarnesandNobles.com. But uh, if you want to sign autographed copy from the girl, right. just hit me up. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Melly. As always, it's a blessing having you on Power in Your Voice. It's always amazing to connect, you know, being able to tell the people about how to elevate themselves to the next level. Yes. Yes. As always, I thank you for coming through. And, you know, we always welcome you back. So, you know, thank you, you always thank know you. how to how to reach out and how to connect to get on board. You know, I feel like family. Thank you. So yes, much. absolutely. <laughs> Thank, thank you. you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been your host, Sheena Gadine, and I thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow for another Power in Your Voice at 8 o'clock p.m., and if not, it'll be 7 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Have a good night. Talk to y'all later. Good night. Introducing to some and reintroducing to others. Speaker entrepreneur, motivational coach, and author, Sheena Gadine. If you wish to contact her, you can contact her via email at sgadine16 at gmail.com or you can visit her website, www.lady.com.